Hey guys, welcome to the kids' table. This week we're watching 1991's Ernest Scared Stupid. The summary is as follows. Ernest, played by Jim Varney, gets into deep trouble when he decides to build a treehouse for the neighborhood kid and accidentally digs up an ugly, evil-tempered troll who hates all children and shows it by promptly turning the five kids, helping Ernest, into wooden sculptures. <laughs> this is the fourth entry in the Ernest series and is filled with goofy humor that has made the films popular with pre-adolescent kids. Touchstone Pictures. Monstrous trolls have sprung to life. And now, Ernest B. Worrell is springing into action. He'll try anything. I know Tai Chi Kung Fu And everything. Your shoes untied. To save the day. It's showtime. It's Ernest P. Worrell in a brand new movie. Ernest Scared Stupid. How about a bumper sandwich, booger lips? Starts Friday, October 11th at a theater near you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's the fourth? That's what Rotten Tomatoes mm. says. It is the fourth. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> hey, guys. So um, I'm Kendra, and I'm here with Matt. Hello. Uh, my co-host, Matt. And today, to discuss Ernest Scared Stupid, we're joined by composer Josh Breckner. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Of You're course. welcome. Thanks Is for it... letting us be in your bedroom. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I love having friends over to just sit on my bed, hang out, and look at all my clothes everywhere. Mm, and yeah. talk about Ernest, Ernest. Scared Stupid. <laughs> talk about a 1991 classic. 91? Yeah. Yeah, 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 91, 91. Yeah, boy. I, I watched it recently in preparation for this episode, and let me tell you, it touched me in places that I didn't know existed. I think use, the use of the word classic is so generous. If, okay. <laughs> I'm on the pro. I feel like I'm legal defense team for the film in some sort of class action suit against the people of America. I, <laughs> I really like Ernest as a franchise. And um, everyone knows, if they're familiar, how big a cultural impact he actually had. I mean, before we like get into it, I... I have never seen an Ernest movie before. This is my first Ernest movie. And Same. I just want to note that we are watching Ernest Scared Stupid the weekend after Boo, a Medea Halloween, came mm -hmm. out. And I think that after seeing a movie of Ernest Scared Stupid's quality, I will literally never say a bad thing about Tyler Perry ever again in my it's life. So mean. <laughs> I so literally, mean. I literally think that you, Bowl, and Tyler Perry could take a Chipotle-induced shit and that shit would make a better movie Jesus than Christ. what we just watched. Did you see Boo? <sighs> no, but I think it's better than this. Well, we ha whoa, you haven't whoa, seen whoa. it, okay? Okay. It's a counterfactual? I don't know what that is. I, I guarantee, listen, Medea has had her Halloween movie. Medea has gone to jail, which I believe Yeah, Ernest she's the closest analog to Ernest <laughs> that we have in contemporary culture, And for I sure. think she's probably better. Um, I, like Kendra, had never seen an Ernest movie before. I didn't really know the ins and outs of the complexities of the character who is Ernest P. Worrell. Mm -hmm. um, is that a noise a bird makes? No, like Bernie Worrell, yeah. the uh, synth player from Parliament, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, Parliament okay. Yeah, all passed right. away recently, R.I.P. Um, okay. Would much rather watch right, a movie about right, Bernie Worrell than Bernie. That would be a great documentary. Has there been a Parliament documentary? Uh, I don't know. There should be if um, anyone has control over that. But I had no context for the character at all. And Matt, maybe it would be helpful for me and Kendra for you to tell us uh, 
what what this character means f- to you and uh why people care about him in general and why he was conceived and <laughs> why is he so dumb and why does he hang out with little kids all the time? What's up with that? Why was this movie made in other words? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm burdened with a lot. Uh, <laughs> Make it right. Explain to me why I just wasted 90 minutes before the Cubs play in their first World Series game watching Ernest Scared Stupid. Sports is, sports is stupider than this movie. Um, I do not agree. <laughs> and just for that, I think our next movie is going to be, um, uh, oh, I lost it. <laughs> this is why. This is why Angels in the Outfield, maybe? No, not Angels in the mm. Outfield. Rookie of the Year is what I was looking for. Got you. Cool. Thanks. Um, okay. So anyway. Uh, Ernest P. Worrell is actually the alter ego of Jim Varney, who uh, was extremely popular in the late 80s and throughout the 90s. So was cocaine. So that makes sense. Oh, my God. All right. (laughs) The singers. (laughs) I'm just going to keep trucking through my explanation. Um, I mean, this is like 90 parts, 90 percent nostalgia, probably for me, too, though. Like this movie as a spooky Halloween movie. um, it offered the the thrills and the chills and the laughs, uh, and it just played really well to like seven year old me. So I know it's a good kids movie. Um, Ernest P. Worrell is I don't know how to. It's a really bizarre story. Jim Varney, who played Ernest, who played Ernest, um, he's from Kentucky. I could tell. He. <laughs> he, he I'm sorry, that was mean. I'm so sorry. He um, started his career. He he'd done local theater, I think. I mean, I'm I'm gonna get some of this wrong because uh, I just crammed info about him. But no, it's okay. Tell it's me anything. Show notes for it. a reason. He did local theater. Um, he is a actually pretty talented actor. Um, one of his great desires was to play Hamlet, which is sort of the sort of stereotypical, you know, desire for most theater actors. Um, he. I don't know exactly where he concocted the character of Ernest, but uh, he first appeared in at local regional advertisements for like a million products. And uh, he was sort of like this weird redneck avatar that people <coughs> in the South. I know. It makes you sad, right? <laughs> like really he's such a hero. So he's like label. Sorry. Larry, the cable guy. Yeah, actually like, not too bad, way more empathetic to me. Like he, he, because, because Jim Varney, the man is like a pretty sensitive, smart, intelligent dude. Um, but you know, you wouldn't tell because he's immersed in his character, which he was in like 800 local television commercials. Okay. Largely talking to a invisible interlocutor, uh, named Vern, who he was always like, Addressing who was like in the POV of the camera at like shilling the product. Um, And he became so popular on local circuit television selling lemonade, yellow mellow, this sort of like stand in for Sprite, Mm -hmm. a lot of dairy products and milk products, which factors (laughs) into the film we're talking about. In a cars, big way, way. cars, like uh, uh, aluminum siding for houses. Like he, he was, he did all of this sort of like shilling for all these people and people loved him so much um, that I guess. And again, I don't know. He, people wanted to see more of him and there was so much public demand. He became like internationally famous almost, but this, definitely nationally famous. This sounds to me like, this sounds to me like how a Bravo reality star is made. 
now. This is like Kim Zolciak going to Andy Cohen and being like, the public loves me. They demand more of me. <laughs> Give me my own show. But see, this is why Jim Varney's better because he he never got that kind of weird entitlement of a star. He got shoved into these movies um, and partnered with Disney. And, uh, and what's strange about the films now is that Ernest P. Worrell was a sort of really thinly developed character to sell products. They brought his catchphrases from the commercials and some various characters that he interacted with in his commercial run into the films in which there's like this, it, it, but it's Ernest World, Ernest P. World. <laughs> and uh, uh, so it's just like this weird like scaling up of him from commercials to film as like a fully fleshed out character. Wait, so you're saying specific products that they mention in Ernest Scare Scoopid, Ernest Scare Scoopid. <laughs> For example, like the the ice cream brand that falls on his face, that's like an existing product that they were trying to sell at the time. That might be true. Definitely the dairy connection. Right. I mean, this one had he less. He was probably shilling milk at for, the time. For, yeah. For just dairy farmers U.S. Yeah. Yeah. The commercial here, the commercial background here is interesting, though, because this had way less obvious product placement than some of the other movies that we've watched so far. Like this doesn't come anywhere near blank check. No, because it was because Ernest himself was already a, a character like he would make these movies and I'm pretty sure he would then just go back to making commercials. So like it was part of this like synergistic multi-platform push by like, I don't know. I don't know who. I mean, now is, I guess it's just a good time to say that in addition to being scared, stupid, Ernest also went to camp. Uh, Ernest saved Christmas. Hell yeah. Ernest went to jail. But he did save Hanukkah. He did not save Hanukkah. He did go to Africa. Um, oh, I don't want to know about that. <laughs> um, Ernest rides er- again. Ernest did ride again. Um, Ernest went to school. Mm-hmm. Ernest, Ernest goes back to Africa for reparations. I don't want to know about it. Um, Ernest went to, uh, let's see, er- Ernest slam dunked. Yep. Um, Ernest did go to Africa. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> Ernest did not do anything after going to Africa. And I'm going to assume that because he plays characters, Ernest P. Worrell, Hey You the Hindu, Auntie Nita, an African woman dancer, someone oh. put the kibosh on Ernest. Yeah. Sometime after that movie. Sounds like the so- cabal put the kibosh on Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> the secular one. Oh, okay. The Jewish one. There's two. Oh. They just didn't get their Ernest Saves Hanukkah movie and they were pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, somewhere in, like, in like, the meta plot line between movies five and six, <laughs> the Jewish Hollywood cabal started tracking him down and they got him by like movie 11. <laughs> they were like, you actually, I actually know who it probably was. It was probably like... Asians just like, okay, he's been to Africa. Don't we bring have Asians into no, this. No, it was probably just like, we need to stop him. That's how sort he, of like broad. Before he goes to Asia. That was the broad, how broad the brush was, was they probably, were painting with. Exactly. It, Afri- he went to Africa. Not a specific place in Africa. He went to Africa, you know, but the to, country. But, in, in you know, to further sadden this whole thing, like after Ernest Rides Again, that was like, I think technically, canonically, that is the fourth movie. I think that Ernest Scared Stupid, there was like a proto Ernest movie mm-hmm. but it was I don't know if it some people say it doesn't count uh, so Ernest Scared Stupid canonically I think is supposed to be Ernest number three Ernest Rides Again is number four it was a huge flop and then ah. the next four Ernest movies uh, were all direct to video and it also looks like they were collected at some point in Ernest's Greatest Hits Volume 1, The mm-hmm. Ernest Film Festival. There were to- two <laughs> Ernest Greatest Hits collections because he kept making movies uh, but 
I mean, I think we should definitely watch Ernest Goes to Africa because it sounds like he's going to be doing all kinds of prefixed face. You know what I mean? Like red face, black face, yellow face, all of it. When you say we, does that include me? No. Well, unless you really want to. Unless you really (laughs) really wouldn't. Okay. I mean, um, watching this movie was painful. Like, let's. I, can we just put it out? This movie hurt my soul. I'm really excited to talk about it. I I think I have like one more like basic question. My, my question is like, what are like the essential attributes of Ernest? Like of his character? Like, what's like the bedrock of what makes Ernest Ernest? He is a lovable, dimwit redneck from Kentucky. His catchphrase is "Know what I mean." Know what I mean? I didn't get that. Yeah, I, I didn't get that. He normally says it a couple times. He normally says it a lot more. Uh, I thought that his catchphrase honestly was, I'm Ernest P. Worrell. <laughs> <laughs> that That's pretty on the That's nose. That's like an SNL right? skit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he is. Look at you, David S. Pumpkins. Look at you. He, so lives, he lives in a sort of Pee Wee Herman esque sort of like cartoon reality where he, ha- cartoon physics apply. Like he, yes. you know, he can get snapped in half by a bear trap and compressed in a garbage compressor and, and he, yet do- it's and he still doesn't not, die. It's still not surreal enough though to be fun. This wasn't? No, because I think it, it was cartoon physics, but then none of the other like fantastical sort of, the colors weren't there. Like when you watch a Pee Wee, I'm not a fan of Pee Wee, but at least with Pee Wee, you have those interestingly like colorful characters who come in. I, I didn't find this to be like, to, it didn't, Earn its cartoon physics. This didn't was not a cartoon. It, it, shut up. I'm sorry. Ernest. No. Listen. The the the. I think part of the strategy with these movies is they had shoestring budgets that would then do a, a, a financial turnaround because the first movie was made for like some hand like. Four million dollars, mm-hmm. and then it made like forty million dollars. Some crazy shit. That's why he got the green light for you know, seven more films um, because there, that potential was there and they wanted it. Um, This movie made $14.1 million at the box office, which was, which was a profit, but not, but not a, not a, not a good one. Yeah. I don't know. $90. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it made back its, its money. Um, This movie's great. I loved it as I like, because I know how I felt as a kid, this movie delivered on every account for me. And Ernest might have been like, I don't know. He he was very lovable. Jim Varney also has like a sort of super rubbery Jim Carrey type face where like he makes a lot of faces and, and I don't know. Yeah. My sense was that there are times he looked like uh, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, like just like really caricature human. And then also times he had like a really grounded sense, kind of like Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs. Yeah, like, he does yeah, look like really Mike Rowe. Like, yes. All American, <laughs> just mm-hmm. like. Just like he's, he understands my plight and my, my day-to-day living. There's like, yeah, there's pathos coming from Jim Varney, <laughs> which I feel like you didn't, you may, no. you might need to be more familiarize so, yourself more. Honest. Okay. So the way I watched Ernest Scared Stupid was it was. His face is so creased with time. This movie cost $3 and 99 cents. You were in a cafe, on, Kendra. Is that right? Yes. I was in a cafe in Brooklyn. Also I was cost, watching Ernest Scared Stupid in public. It cost $0 public. on watch free movie. Okay. Well, no, no, let me just here. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. I was. At a cafe in Park Slope in Brooklyn watching Ernest Scared Stupid because I knew that I had to do this. It cost $3.99 on Amazon, and I decided I was not paying $3.99 to watch Ernest Scared Stupid. So I ended up watching it um, with Russian subtitles (laughs) and like a little watermark logo in the bottom of something. And so when the movie started and it opened up with some weird hip hop like montage sequence. 
I honestly thought that I had gotten the wrong file. I did not think that this could possibly be a movie that we were going to be watching. That's just the 90s. Um, I was watching it also on some random streaming service. And <laughs> the first one I had let me watch the first 26 minutes, and then the, the stream file rickrolled me and played 20 seconds of Rick Astley, and then I got to find a new video. And I was like, I don't know what to do. You got the better movie is actually what happened. It definitely was a really engaged, engaged and engaging experience. Yeah. I, the intro to this movie is great. It's no. like, oh, yes. oh my I, God. I agree with Matt. I thoroughly enjoyed it, even though at the end he gets choked by a weird monster hand and he's definitely just wearing a hand on his hand and choking himself. The, the intro yeah. to this movie had nothing to do with what was then in the movie. Uh, were, were you spooked? Was it cool? Was it cool? No. Can was, I list? No. Nope. I, I wrote down every, <laughs> okay, it's, it's Ernest making faces to green lighting and stuff with a spooky, a spooky sort of like hip hop. But then it gets then way the more. Happens. Yeah. Uh, and there's like 1950s versions of like Bridezilla and all those. Oh no. I, I wrote down every movie that, they, okay. <laughs> that right. they cut into it. Um, so Nosferatu saw that white zombie phantom from space. The Brain from Planet Arus, which also features in the intro to Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, <laughs> the Screaming Skull, Missile to the Moon, The Hideous Sun Demon, The Giant Gila Monster, The Killer Shrews, Battle Beyond the Sun, The Little Shop of Horrors. And you know what? Every single one of those movies is better than what we watched. I'll, agree, I'll agree with you there, except the, mm, uh, the, uh, the Giant Gila, Mon- Gila Monster movie. It's probably great. It's probably on par with Ernest Scared Stupid. Nah, it's probably great. Sounds kind of like Gamera. So you're saying it was an homage to these classic films? They kind of go in chronological order from when they were made. Most of them are in the 50s. So then the, Ernest is meant to be, it's it's the, right. what do you call it? The, the climax. Yeah, yes. Right. Not the climax, but one, maybe like the, the, the successor. Orgasm. The successor to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it bursts into, yeah. You You get the point. You see the history of horror film and then. And then Ernest Scared Stupid. It's I actually it's funny that they didn't include that one um John Wood uh Woods, the one Ed Woods movie, the horror movie that's like the worst movie ever made, people from Area 51 or Beast something. Beast from Yucca Flats? I'll figure it out. Space that, Station blah, blah, blah. No, it's another one. I'm gonna look it up now. But I'm just saying that that would have been a more appropriate lead-in to the movie that we watched because it was truly terrible, and what I just watched for 90 minutes was also. Truly we all know terrible. Kendra's stance on the film. Yeah, yeah, we were, we were, we were. I, I, I just wonder, and I asked you this, but you kind yeah. of dodged the question. So <laughs> yes, okay. Um, was it too sophisticated for you? <laughs> There is that possibility, yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. I think that I watched a movie that debased Eartha Kitt, who is a national treasure. Her return to film, actually. Uh, yeah. I After like a 10-year gap or something. I would love to know what financial issues were going on in her life in 1991. So I, I don't know. I'm not a good person in terms of keeping up with actors. What else has she been in? Eartha Kitt was... And who did she play? She was either the second or third Catwoman. 
um, in third, third maybe. Yeah. It, but she was Catwoman in the original Batman with Adam West. Um, and she was just kind of, she doing, yes. she did a cool, she's kind of like a black Hollywood icon. She was a singer. She has her version of Santa baby. If you've ever heard one, hers is probably the it's, one. Well, she was like a cabaret type singer too. Singer, so dancer. she brought like a weirdness to it. Yeah. She, um, and she really did like look like a cat. She had very slanted eyes. She was a gorgeous woman. She had affairs with James Dean, three so th- threesomes with James Dean. And so I hot. don't want to say the wrong name, but I, I'm going to double check before I say it, but she had threesomes with like hot white dudes, which in the 1950s was, you know, just purportedly also though she denies Orson Welles. Hey, you know what? Hottest of hot men. A girl's got to keep her secrets. <laughs> he was, I mean, he was okay looking for a while before in the, the explosion 50s? happened. In the, fi- the explosion no, of adipose tissue? Yeah. But so point being, Eartha Kitt is like kind of a Hollywood, a black Hollywood legend. She was also, and, can I just say also yeah. like, yeah, Kendra's not wrong about this. Like her <laughs> appearance in this film is very sad in comparison to her cultural achievements. Yeah. Because like she was also in 1968, she also attended a like ladies lunch at the White House during LBJ's administration. And they were all like, we need to, you know, like Lady Bird (laughs) Johnson is like, oh, we need to get these hoodlums out of the inner cities. And, 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 and then, and, and then Eartha Kitt was like, yeah, like, you know, basically she was like, Fuck you. Fuck you. Like you're incarcerate. Like she was like, you're incarcerating young black men at like a disproportionate rate. Like how do we like educate and stuff? Yeah. She told Lady Bird off. Yeah, Yeah. She got banned for, and, and LBJ, sent his fucking like the FBI to look into her shit and mm-hmm. dig up dirt on her and stuff. Like, yeah. So to just see her he like hobbling around in this terrible role in this terrible movie. She was delightful. The though. name of her character. Uh, Huh? Old Lady Haversack, I believe, or something like that. Oh, shit. I forget. It's like Haxton. Yeah, Old Lady Hacker. Fuck. There was, I'm gonna, I'll look it up. This is the worst podcast. (laughs) No, you know what? We're fine. But, um, so just to bring it back, she, she then, um, her last role in Hollywood was as the voice of Ismay in The Emperor's New Groove, which I, is like one of my favorite roles of hers. That is a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, do not watch it. And she sang all the songs too? Did Ismay have songs? Well, uh, yeah, definitely. But there was also, I know that there was a song from Emperor's New Groove that got cut. That was about like her being like a creature of the dark. Oh, then yeah. Then she would have sung it. Yeah. She's fantastic. She's great. She's unfortunately passed now, but (laughs) She lived a very long and good life. And her character's name in Ernest Scared Stupid is Old Lady Hackmore. Hackmore. Yes. <laughs> Eartha Kitt died of colon cancer. Yeah. How do you know that? Jim Varney died of lung cancer. Yes. Jim Varney was the voice of Slinky Dog in Toy Story 1 and 2. Yeah. He was Ooh. also um, Jed Clampett in the Beverly, Beverly Hillbillies. Hillbillies remake, which actually, if you look at his face, makes perfect sense. Dude, you have so much hate in your heart. That wasn't, that wasn't a hate thing. That was just like a, he looks like a Jed Clampett. He's a great, he's a good Jed Clampett. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, but so the movie, I mean, the movie opens with that weird hip hop sequence that we spoke about. No one raps. It's just kind of like. No, it's just a weird beat. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when the Adams family had that, did the Adams family rap for no reason just because it was 1993. Yeah, like I said, it's just a symptom of the times. Like, right, right. Yeah. Um, like, have you ever seen that cartoon Bucky O'Hare? It was like a cartoon about a rabbit, like a space rabbit. No. 
that was the 80s but like that you know the whole intro to that cartoon was a weird rap about space rabbits oh okay um well to bring it back to the past um literally Ernest opens up with <laughs> a weird preacher sending What time? A- what time do you think that it was? It was a long time ago, Matt. <laughs> yes. Okay. The subtitle Except- said a long time ago. So we don't need to know when it was because yeah. none of those characters will be relevant in the modern day sequel. Yeah. There's no way if, say, that occurred in the late 1700s <laughs> that that would be like a problem in contemporary Briarville. Right. Is that oh, where they're from? That's Briar Hill is right. Yeah, I was most confused about the time period placement because all the black and white people were standing together and yeah. no one was. It was a different time. Clearly. Sure was. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I got the sense that it was. But also wasn't different enough. Right. In that <laughs> one sense. It was like kind of like Salem-y era, like late t- 1700s. Sure. Um, but then we learned at the end that Eartha Kitt's character was alive at that time. See, I missed that because I think I was I had tuned out by that point. It's fair enough. There's this weird side plot where at the very end she resurrects some people who were in this original historical scene and Yeah, it, she's been hanging out waiting for her opportunity. We can explain it maybe later. Very, I'm yeah. off putting. I don't mean to to, to, no, to, no, no, to it's jump fine. ahead. There's no chronology yeah, really. Yeah, this this movie is not worth a chronological or the linear plot's discussion. Thin. The you come here to see Ernest P. Worrell and his antics and his some of his buds. And there's a whole made-up mythology about trolls. Um, yeah. As and that's as, about it. Yeah, as soon as the kids showed up, because I didn't realize it, I thought it was just about Ernest, and I didn't realize that there were children involved. Always, and, always kids. Oh. It's kids' movies. Well, I know that, but like, you can have a kids' movie without necessarily having an adult hanging out with creepy children. I think the creepy children. Or, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Er, yeah, I'm sorry. Creepy, creepy old man hanging out with children. You know, he has the mind and heart of a child. Yes. That's that's the big <laughs> part. That's the big part of it. It was just like kind of as soon as they showed up, I just really wondered why we weren't watching Hocus Pocus instead. I felt like why weren't we watching Wishbone instead? Oh yeah. Ernest has his dog. Yeah. Uh, Rimshot. Rimshot. Really, I think the most lovable and relatable character of the entire film. Rimshot's yeah. a great mo- uh, movie dog. Yeah. It reacts really well. It drove a truck really fun. It licked his face really on point. It was yeah. good. It was such a good animal. But they, he dressed him up like a kid as troll bait in the middle of the movie, and that just made me want to watch Wishbone. I wanted to see a dog writing some cool poetry or maybe using a quill or a cool... Or maybe <laughs> making out with a human woman. Maybe making out with a human oh, woman. Oh, God, yeah. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> if we can't shoehorn bestiality into every episode, I'm have disappointed. We, wait, have we shoehorned that bestiality like into... <laughs> no, it just happens to be, but don't think about it. Um... <laughs> Just listen I back. Thought, I thought it was pedophilia, but um. Okay. Oh, that's also true. Um, <laughs> no, so that flashback, it turns out, is the account of like the young girl, a young girl reading a report for history class, right? Yeah. And then, and then the bullies. What are they called? The fucking what? The the shitty bullies. So we the all, Murdochs. Yeah, we all know by now that I like actually get really affected by watching any child being bullied. One of the reasons I can tell that this was a terrible movie was because I did not give a <laughs> shit. Dude, those bullies, though, the Murdoch brothers, that one fat one, like, <laughs> like, what a piece of shit. He looked so shitty. I was okay with it. And he had, like, a mullet, and he had, like, huge, loose, like, moo-moo clothes on, and, ugh. Yeah, they, it, it definitely, his outfits were really notable. There's one point where they cut <laughs> to him, and he's, like, washing his dad, who's the mayor, his dad's car, and he's wearing, like, a pink, like, frock that has, like, pleats, like on the armpits Yeah and Okay so there's not Many choices at Big and Husky Okay can you leave them alone Especially in a small town Like Briarville yeah. I was a Husky kid 
okay? I at least had some elastic waist jeans and you know, wore some white tees, you know. Were you husky? I Josh can't is imagine now that. like six foot two and like I'm a, I'm a bean 98 now. pounds. I'm yeah. a string bean now, but I was I was a chunky kid. I could muscle my way through third grade. <laughs> but and, and did. This okay, I wrote down a line. I don't know if I, I it made me laugh when I watched it, but like the 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 bullies are like like uh, freakazoid like trolls aren't real you stupid bitch oh, and man, then like yeah, I wrote down some of the oh exact... I wish the word bitch was in this movie. <laughs> and then she said it's not oh they're like that's bull trolls aren't real and then she said it's not bull I read it in a book <laughs> <laughs> oh man and some of their insults were so good I forget the ones at the beginning but. Later on, when they have an encounter, a lot of like '90s, like butt breath, like butt yeah. head, a lot of booger lips. Booger oh. lips was the, what the, they, they call, call the troll. Yeah, but the bullies call one of the one of the good kids a wimp binder. At what one does point. that mean? <laughs> they jump out of the boat in their troll costumes to right. give the audience a cool jump scare. I, I need like a, a I need a, a word breakdown. You know, like a a binder full of wimps. Yeah, great. That's a, I don't know. I, I don't know. It was uh, maybe that's a fire. '90s thing, or maybe that. See, was... I would have just called that a slam book in the '90s. Kendra, <laughs> wait, what is a slam book? A slam book. It's like where you literally oh, write oh, down your binder full of wimps. Oh, you I You like gotcha. write people's names down, then you write insults down about them, and then you pass it to your friends. They write insults about them. Right, right, right. Yeah, and then I if that changed that. Twitter. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. I wow, never did that. You were traumatized by seeing bully on screen, and you were part of the problem. I, no, I was not cool enough takes to actually to know. be it part takes of the one problem. I think that's what it is. No, no, no. I was not cool enough to be part of the problem. And then for some kids, it takes all. a turn, and that turns into, like, a hit list. Yeah. I didn't get like, that far. Okay. You didn't evolve enough to <laughs> to murder. So Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, so can we talk about the first time Ernest opened his mouth and the first time I heard Ernest's voice and, again, thought that my file was messed up? Sure, yeah. Because he's such, a, like, a beautiful, like, lush, deep voice. No, because he's, I can't even do the imitation of what his voice sounds like. It never sounds the same. It like kept pitching up and down, which maybe was just a symptom of early onset lung issues. Not a 91. Like oh, that is issues. too soon. Whoa, dude. Not wow. a 91 either. He just, or he had a smoke. I don't know if it was like a smoker's like voice or something. <laughs> Sorry. So, sorry, I have to drink a beer to get through this episode. She's burping like fucking Robert Durst at the end of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, let's not act like Matt does not have so many burping incidents on this podcast. <laughs> I'm also trying to insinuate more murder shit into it. Yeah. Um, no, I, his voice was just really not what I was expecting. You guys should like cut in a clip of him, him talking so the audience can hear because. You know, I'm oh, assuming yeah. most people actually haven't seen an Ernest movie out there. No, that's crazy. Okay, yeah. Well, 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 well he he was a he was a chain smoker. Yeah, and that's part of like what ended up killing him was a huge part of his like distinct appeal was like this strange voice. Yeah, I I didn't like it. Well, that's rough. That is rough because he does speak a lot. I know he's like the main speaking role. I, I got real good at tuning him out. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's like the just waves <laughs> of hatred coming from that. Corner I know of the room. it's so intense. <laughs> I, you know, it. I just. Oh, this was this was hard, guys. This was okay. so hard. So the girl reads the report. Cut to Ernest being a bad janitor. He's always like a janitor. Um, he makes like a cool. He makes like a cool mopping rig outside. He makes like a Rube Goldberg machine for cleaning. They should have just mopped the fucking floor. Well. A, I think it takes brains to do what Ernest did. <laughs> um, There's some like hydraulic shit in there, from what it looked like. Yeah, it was like kind of complex. And a shoe on like a wooden knocky thing. I think the scene was there to draw contrast to 
the ancestral footage of Ernest's character, like Ernest's great, 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 great grandfather appears in the flashback scene as a, like a minister, right? Who like buries this troll, um, under a tree and is like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I condemn you to the cold earth to never be, you know, to never wreak havoc upon our people again. And then he curses Ernest's ancestor. And then it's supposed to draw a comparison to how far the gene pool has slipped, how stupid he is. Or maybe inbred. Yeah, it's not clear. Like, Ernest seems to spontaneously, like, appear. Like, the Worrells don't have a familial. There's no, like, family history. Hmm. He's like the cat in the hat. Just shows up when you need him. Yeah, he's cartoonish enough. Yeah, and then he leaves a mess in his wake and just walks away. Well, it'd be weird, I think, if, if you portrayed... <laughs> he stopped the trolls. What do you... That's not... He did a good job. If you showed <laughs> Ernest's parents, it would, like, I think, provide too much contrast and be very weird and not fun for the audience all of a sudden. Well, like, I think also it would just be too many costumes for Jim Varney to have to put on because he would clearly play all of them. <laughs> well, that's another part of his... That is another reference to his start in his career. Mm-hmm. He did impressions, and he was like multiple characters. And then all of those characters from all these commercials that he used to play were like condensed into this weird like multiple personality disorder thing that he has, where he'll like be everybody in his own mind, including like Edna, like that weird lady with the neck brace and the like Mongolian guy. I mean, and I, the in a way, it, like the his the way he like used his character work. If 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 Kendra will grant me a, such a generous term, <laughs> it reminds me of a what's his face from Summer Heights High, that What's Australian that? actor, I don't a know. guy who plays uh, uh, like Mr. G and Jim May and all these kids. You guys really don't know this? No, no. no. I'm gonna be just totally in the dark. No, nope. Summer Heights High, the comedian. Uh, I don't have my internet up right now because we're fine. recording. We'll just, you know what? I'll put some stuff oh in my some God. show notes. Okay, well, people who know will know. Yeah. It's worth checking out. I mean, this guy basically, Summer Heights High was a show set in a high school where you would be checking on these three main characters, and he played all of them, Mr. G, the like this this sort of school counselor, and this local like Aboriginal kid, and Jamee, like a private like boarding school girl who transferred to public high school, huh. and just like wore all these characters, and was very obviously like an older dude playing like, these roles, but um, had the same sort of outlandish nature as these right. weird montages in the yeah. middle of these Bernie movies. <laughs> where I mean, not Bernie, Ernest, Ernest, <laughs> thinking Bernie Warrell again. Um, where he is like an old lady or an army yeah. sergeant or like a cowboy all of a sudden. I mean, to bring it back again, like to a reference that more people might get, like it's literally, it's Medea. That's the same thing that Tyler Perry does. He plays Medea in these movies, um, and then he'll play Medea's brother who always keeps guns in the house. It's a weird side plot. And then he'll play some other female character in the movie. And then he'll play some other character who also lives in the house with Medea. Do you, or like the, or like, you know, um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, what am I trying to think? Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And the, but, but like condensed into the clumps and stuff. I don't see, I don't want to give, I don't want to like bring Eddie Murphy down to this level because I feel like Eddie Murphy left It's not that. bringing him down. No, Jim but Jim Barney is a talented man. Right. No, no, no. And that's fine. I just feel like the nutty professor is, that movie was at a quality and a, a far different level than, say, Ernest Scared Stupid or Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Like, I, I just okay. feel like I have to give it right. that. Sure, yeah. And also, he didn't, Eddie Murphy did not keep coming back to, the, he came back to the comps twice. But mm-hmm. whereas both Tyler Perry and Jim Varney, like, this is their cash bank. Like, 
this is what they can do. And they also both focus on, like, these themes. Like, clearly, um, Ernest has this whole redneck thing going for him. Medea has the whole, like, black Jesus thing going for her. So it's, like, just... (laughs) No, seriously, it's, like, very similar franchises in terms of in trajectory. They both right. like holiday movies. Yeah. In, in this movie in particular, Ernest is referred to as the great redneck hope oh, by Ursa Kit, I think. <laughs> yeah. Which what? so many, so many questions about a black woman's place in, in the Ernest world. <laughs> I feel like Eartha Kit in this movie is almost like not considered black. Like, right. She for a while, like I didn't know because she's like a witch, you know. It, well, yeah. She she is like the myth, mystical, like occult voodoo sort of black woman with all the like secrets of of the trolls and and. But that's it. And but then she's like the kooky old lady. She has a huge house filled with like wrought iron sculptures. Right. I don't. I don't know what her. She she doesn't quite conform to like the sort of, like, racist token character. No, no, no. And I mean, to be perfectly fair, like, any black woman who was walking around with that bonnet on her head would not have hair that looked like that, so... It was cool. She looked kind of... Her character design was cool. Sure. Yeah? She does pop in wearing, like, goggles and, like, a flamethrower. Yeah, she's, like, like, kind of steampunk. Like, (laughs) she looks kind of cool, right, Kendra? I don't want to ascribe Eartha Kitt as being the first black steampunk and take that honor away from Will Smith. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you might have to. I'm not going because to. she's. When, when did Wild Wild West come out? Uh, 97. No, 99. Sorry, summer of 99. Yeah, so she was the first one. No, I don't. I'm not giving her that. <laughs> yeah, committed it's to film. Yeah, not happening. Um, yes. Can we? Okay, so <laughs> I just don't even know where to go with this movie because I I disengaged. I actually missed the en- the fir- entrance of the first troll because I was just so out of it I just couldn't and I was also really worried about the perception of the other people in this Park Slope cafe like as to what they thought of me uh. watching Ernest Scared Stupid Public <laughs> so I spent about as much time watching the movie as I did looking around and praying that no one was watching my screen well it had my rapt attention last night I <laughs> Ernest uh, the kid the fucking Murdoch shitty bully kids break their haunted house so then Ernest volunteers to build like a bomb ass tree fort for them but they end up building it on the tree under which the troll (coughs) is buried uh (laughs) you good i got beer down the wrong pipe it's fine uh continue and then but it's on i already forgot her name hackmore hackmore yeah hackmore's property Uh, she's like, Ernest, don't do this if you're by the tree. Like, don't do this weird ritualistic thing. So, of course, he doesn't. So then the the joke is like, he goes like, Lady Blackmore told me not to go like this. And then he does all of it. And he's like, good thing I'm not gonna. But he did because he's stupid. And and you have a chuckle. And then the... the, Who has a chuckle? chuckle. Who is having a chuckle? I just had a chuckle when Matt described it. I didn't while watching the movie, but hearing about it again after... It's funny. It's a funny movie. And the troll is awakened. And he he gets up, and it's just the one, the king troll. I forget his name. It's like Trogdor or something. I don't, I don't know. Trotten, I think. Trot, tr- 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 yeah. I didn't write it down. Uh, he's played by Jonas Moscartolo. I looked up the actor. <laughs> um, he also Big played a ups. character in a movie called Napoleon, um, because I'm assuming that he's a little person. And, uh, sure, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just... This that, is what they're really I took a screenshot, to. too, of... Uh, at the end in the credits, there's a list of all... It just says trolls, and then it has <laughs> a bunch of people's names underneath, because by the end of the movie, he summoned, like, 20 other trolls who... 
are participating in the climactic battle. My one, big, my big, one of my big complaints actually, yeah, is that they held their punches. I mean, they had to, but like, they had some great troll designs that only get a kind of showcase at the very end. I think they should have hatched way later, and like, I think the climax should have been in the town. But I imagine you mean, that you would mean have sooner. Been, yeah. Right, right. Yes. You you really wanted to like you wanted a reveal like a gremlins reveal. Yeah, like they wreak havoc on the town because those those all those goblins were they, cool. Like, take over the town. They start running the shops. Yeah, yeah. And people become their slaves for like a good fifteen minutes. <coughs> That'd be yeah. fun. Yeah, troll yeah. slaves. Yeah. Troll. Um, in uh, the uh, treehouse building montage, they build a drone. That's they do. They have a quadcopter. The they build like a flying ballooned thing and that's way cooler than a treehouse and that barely got any screen time yeah this is why Ernest is a, secretly a genius because they build a full amazing tree fort Even with a working clock is right twice a day Kendra <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming absurd you need to admit <laughs> that Ernest sometimes is pretty cool <laughs> pretty great I'm not going to admit it now and I'm not going to admit it when we come back for a break <laughs> all right bye Hey guys, uh, we'd like to hear from you. So if you have questions, comments, anything you'd like to say about this episode, Ernest Scared Stupid, anything we've gotten wrong about Eartha Kit or Jim Varney's history, because this is a very scarcely prepared for podcast and we don't have all the information, you can hit us up on uh, Twitter at Kids Table Pod. That's at Kids Table Pod, or you can write to us via email at kidstablepod at gmail.com. And watch the Ernest Octology. Just watch all the Ernest movies. I just I want to know. I haven't seen all of them. If you have, let us know at those uh at those <laughs> those. It's kidstablepod <laughs> at gmail.com. And if you'd like to tweet at us, it's at kidstablepod. Um, we're not going to do another Ernest movie for quite some time if I have anything to say about it. But it will happen. It's going to happen, folks. But if you have a particular Ernest movie that you would like us to watch, Twitter and email is a really good way to tell us. And I'll just tell you right now, I'm not watching Ernest Goes to Africa. I'm not doing it. Okay. Uh, thanks, guys. And we're your friends. And keep listening to your friends. Let me go back to my notes and away from the Cubs. I was so ready to bring it back from commercial. Oh, sorry. Do you want to? No, no, but I felt like it wasn't my place. No, lead us back in. No, it's not my job. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Hey. Josh. Josh really wanted to bring us back from commercial. You got questions? I took notes. Okay, I took notes. Let's let's hit some of your notes. I have four post-it notes. As you probably know, we have not done this chronologically. Nope. That's not really the goal. Um, Oh, God, no. We're going to watch Home Alone 2 before we watch Home Alone 1. It doesn't fucking matter. Josh, <laughs> read those notes. <laughs> well, okay, I have two things that I wanted to talk about. One, I think is pretty self-contained and short. Sure. Um, in the scene where Ernest goes to buy a bunch of troll supplies, <laughs> yes. they make a really big show of saying how much of a certain <laughs> item he buys and what the price is. And then they announce the total at the end. It the total matter. that they announce is $1,749.98 <laughs> plus tax. I did the math. 
Oh, Jesus. I almost did this. It's only $847.85, which is less than half of what they say. Now, did they do this montage like, or did they nope, actually they did give it us in all a very of- slow, drawn out sequence? They did, okay. where, he- where they pan from left to right across the counter, and it makes it seem like that's all the items that he bought. Totally fair. Those two guys, the Tulip Brothers. Yeah. Are they uh, commercial people? They're, I think they're from commercials. They're definitely, they're definitely in all of the Ernest movies I've seen. Okay, as like sort of capitalist pigs <laughs> who who are always looking to fleece people. I I'm going to take that as a funny extra joke if you do the math like Josh did to how crooked they are. Oh, oh. I got meted. The guy, <laughs> the main guy, the main salesman of this shop actually reminds me a little bit of the comic relief character from the Roger Moore James Bonds. There's like a, they pair him up oh, with a really man. loud mouth American Southern guy. Is that the one where he goes talks to like he has big pieces of chalk in his mouth? Louisiana mm. and runs along the backs of alligators like that. Uh, I, he somehow I think winds up in Europe for some of the. I know, I know what oh. you're talking yeah. about. It's I funny. know what you're talking about. This is a podcast where Matt and I try to catch up on our childhood movies in a, in a fashion. We're not going to watch James Bond movies on this podcast, but I have never seen one. Oh, well, what, a, what an admission. That's wow. probably fine. A lot of them are really cheesy and bad, and the sets are look like they're made of cardboard for the most part. And hey, this isn't how did this get made. Right. This isn't the nostalgia critic, although <laughs> both, of, both of those people more talented sort of us. more talented and cover more ground than we do. No, we have a very niche, <laughs> specific genre, type of movie at a specific decade, and we're sticking to it. I am never going to see Goldfinger, but by God, I will see all eight Ernest movies, apparently. Well, that's insane. My oh, second, my second Josh, question go. is summed up by just one word. And secretly, I think it's the reason that Matt likes this movie so much and why he doesn't speak to Kendra and I in the ooh, same way. Okay. Oh. Do you know what this word is, Matt? Uh, no. Would you have any idea, Kendra? Cultural appropriation is two words. Nope, it's gunge. What? <laughs> Matt's long-term gross, weird slime fetish, gunge, makes an appearance in a big way in this movie. And I think that's what really got him going. I think, Ooh, I think we need a, about this film. Can we give our, our readers a primer on gunge? Readers? So, Oh my God, listener. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm a writer. <laughs> Uh, Explain yourself. Well, I I don't feel like a good spokesperson for Gunge because it is a legitimate fetish that people have that I have in a light fashion. If you were going to give us a Webster's Dictionary definition of of Gunge, what a would generation it? of young people raised on Slime Time Live and shit <laughs> probably uh, just got really into uh, getting all getting all covered in viscous fluids of various kinds and mud and soap and <laughs> slimy and just slathering themselves Jizz. up and getting all slippy. Uh, just, just, just hardens. I guess mud hardens pretty quickly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, jizz is good for a while, uh, especially if you have a large quantity of it, and it's a nice temperature when it comes right out. Uh, but yeah, there's really that key viscosity that you need to you need to tap into. Yeah, the trolls are very boogery in a nice, slimy, gungy kind of way. It's just totally. sort of like the, the fetish is covering yourself in slime. So in can we slimes. just like take a minute and just so this childhood, possibly childhood developed fetish would for you encompass this movie, hmm. maybe some Flubber. Um, Flubber's big. Flubber's not quite gunge at all, though. Oh, okay. 
Sorry, I'm, mis- I'm misunderstanding. There's a tactile here. element to Flubber that is also part of Gunge and mm-hmm. part of Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when the goo and then the goo on the Brussels sprout egg sacks on the troll tree. <laughs> all right, all right. And the ice cream that gets all over him and stuff like that. Like there, yeah, there, there were textures in that in this film. Uh, that awoke. So you wanted to <laughs> fall of. into that chocolate river in Willy Wonka. I did. I was definitely jealous of Augustus Gloop. And it looked a little thin and more like milk, chocolate milk. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it definitely had a sort of gunge aspect to it. Okay. I'm glad this you, is my podcast voice. I'm glad you keyed into the key gunge moments in the film because i was definitely yeah the the eggs that, that kind of just drip out from the tree in a really mm. gross way and then they grow from the ground and then these like trolls like break out oh they break out of like sack like membranes eggs yeah which, which if you noticed also don't you think remember in um in lord of the rings maybe the second one mm-hmm. saruman is is growing the white branded orcs with oh, the hand yeah, of yeah. yeah and they come out of the exact same membrane and you know what it's like maybe Ernest Scared Stupid is partially responsible for the aesthetics no. of Peter Jackson's no. film. Nope. No. No. <laughs> I am willing. He to, also comes no. from a weird background. I am willing to give Ernest credit for Medea and nothing else. That's even that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think it's proven. I think we have found the origin of Tyler Perry. And it is Jim Varney. Uh, <laughs> the whitest of men. Yes. Uh, so, okay. Where are we? Um, I mean... There, so I actually had to turn the movie off for like ten minutes after the scene where Ernest, dra- childhood Ernest, drags his fingers down the chalkboard, which I think happens in a flashback. I kind of missed how we got there. It does. Yeah. Okay. So it was a flashback. It happens twice. I I couldn't do. I can't do it. Apparently, that's a thing that I can't do. Okay. Didn't know that about myself. So Ernest um, taught you things about yourself that you didn't even know. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's pretty interesting. That's very interesting. Speak on that. <laughs> um, I, I guess that Ernest reinforced my intense dislike of chalk and pencils. So that's Very something you guys are horrible to me. Um, <laughs> r- so actually right before I turn the movie off, if we want to go in sequence, um, mm-hmm. a child gets turned into, so the trolls are turning children into blocks of wood. Is that correct? <laughs> let me, let, <laughs> let me just generic blocks. Like yeah. no features. Two by fours. Uh, Listen, I, they weren't carved very well. I couldn't tell what they were. I know those kids were seemed to be able to recognize their friend, even though. Yeah. Was, yeah. That is one of my notes. Even though he was like no, a shitty the carving. The department on this movie was not, you know, high quality. So this is okay. This is an interesting part. Trolls. Troll. Okay. I did some very cursory research on trolls. They are. Oh dear. I, it seems like they're from like sort of Nordic, like Norse mythology, Scandinavian mythology. Mm-hmm. They are super undefined. Actually. They're giants. A lot of the time, it seems like sometimes they're like basically humans, but they have like a tail. Sometimes most of the time they're gross. And how we think of trolls. Yeah. Uh, they live under bridges. They can do weird charms like like they do in this movie. Like they can change their appearance or their voice. Like the main king troll sounds like that girl. Um, but I think it's why that like trolls in, in popular media have such a range of different looks to them. Because that troll movie is coming out. The animated with the one, you know, like the yeah, 80s trolls. Yeah, but those are the 80s trolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the little jewels in their bellies. Uh-huh. But I think that's why you can go from like that to like 
Troll 2 from the 80s, which was actually about goblins. My favorite <laughs> my favorite pop culture trolls are actually the ones from this miniseries on NBC, uh, The Tenth Kingdom. They, What's that? It was so good. It's this, in short, it's a miniseries about a girl who travels into fairy tales. Sweet. And then she marries a werewolf. Well, she marries Little Red Riding Hood's wolf, basically. It's really great. But there are trolls chasing her throughout the entire thing. And those mm. trolls are obsessed with um, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. That's kind of which a crazy. Which they find that in insane. Central Park. Troll in Central Park. Oh, that is. Oh, bringing it back. Uh, yeah. a, there was a show called cartoon show called Gnomes where the trolls were the gnomes enemies. Huh. you think trolls have a lot of weird. Obviously the one under the bridge, which everyone knows most famous troll. Right. And then internet trolls. <laughs> <laughs> so. Which I imagine look like trolls. So. Right. The insinuation is they're gross sort of troglodytes that live in darkness. Um, totally. Never before have I seen a troll in mythology have the ability to turn a child into a block of wood, but to each their own. This is what's interesting, is kind of what Twilight did to vampire mythology a little bit. Uh, Ernest Scared Stupid just writes a whole new a whole new set of mythology for trolls. I'm going to put it out there. Twilight, better than Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh. Well, okay, but I think there's better kids, there's a connection. Not a better kids like, movie. There's like <laughs> troll like Norwegian like forest, you know, like that history is tied into like the tree like wood thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So the kids are supposedly turned into these wooden dolls and then they use their souls to summon his children. The souls give energy to the tree and to the grow the blood, to grow the brood, to to like grow more trolls. Like they bear fruit and then it's troll sack egg seeds things. Sure. Like it kind of left me halfway through wondering like what would the story sound like if it was told from the troll's perspective? Because he calls them his children. Like have has he and his children – have he and his children be, been trapped away mm. and banished and he he misses their, their kids? Like we kind of learned <laughs> – I don't want to yeah. spoil anything about the movie, but we kind of learned at the end that the, the troll's just looking to be accepted and loved and – Instead, he's treated with such hatred. Is he I'm looking so to be accepted? jealous of everything that you took from this movie that I just did not get. Because when he is finally loved with the pure love of a child, which is the final death blow, yes, that's what kills him. So he is evil. But I do agree that I, like, I kind of felt for the troll a little bit because he's just sort of slinking around Briarville, snatching kids and turning them into wooden dolls and then putting them in these pre-made slots in a tree <laughs> to grow Brussels sprout looking eggs that then <laughs> fall to the ground and fruit out fully armored grown other trolls. Yeah. Uh, my notes on the trolls involve, uh, let's see, I have a bunch of blank dots cause I do this in outline form. And then I have Ernest is dancing with a troll now. Yeah. That seems right to me. When Eartha kid is talking about, um, how Ernest is part of the Worrell bloodline and the only the only person who can stop uh, this troll because the Worrell bloodline is linked historically. Uh, she says, you know, uh, like, you know, you must like, you must fulfill the destiny that was given to you by your forefathers. And then Ernest says, I didn't have forefathers. I just had one father, which is a good <laughs> joke. 
<laughs> I thought I thought it was definitely a high point in terms of like the sort of oh more quippy humor throughout <laughs> the film. Good stuff. There's oh also my. reference to like the Ottoman Empire fighting the Botswana. I didn't understand how we got there, and I was so afraid that blackface was going to show up. Very close to doing. I was so, so scared. I think maybe technically yellowface happened, but uh, oh, I'm oh thank God I missed that. Nah, I, don't I know. saw. I mean, there was red face, but I missed the yellowface. Hmm. Speaking of faces, let's talk about those two dick-like noses that the troll had on his face. Wait, what? The main troll has two big phallic noses. (laughs) (laughs) I missed so much. (laughs) Well, you must have not been doing a close uh, viewing. No, no, I was not doing a close viewing. It's great creature design, actually. It is very unsettling. Yeah. It's good. It scared it scared the shit out of me as a kid. CGI. I mean, he had cool like aquatic little like tentacles sticking out of like of his ears. Yeah, super fun. Really fun, Kendra. Fun, good for kids. Scary enough, but like not uh not crossing a line. You know what? He actually reminded me a little <laughs> bit of um the brownie fudgems from the Domino's pizza brownie pizza commercials Whoa. i don't know if you guys are familiar with yeah. no. and mm-hmm. the, talk about great character design mm. see talk about advertising again this the move <laughs> the, the movie's link to advertising is what's weird to me mm. without being like kendra said overtly a product, product placement, placement yeah movie i mean for me if we're going to talk character design like i actually one of the things that i thought about during this movie watching the kids run around after these rubber-faced creatures was that Power Rangers sort of had that same aesthetic going on a lot of the time. Didn't they have like a pig thing on that show? Yeah, they had like a. It's like the Gamorans, you know the the like uh, what are they called? Those pig creatures in Star right. Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Po- yeah, ex- yeah. Point being, like that that was better. We're not trying to split hairs about like who did what better. No, I know. I'm just I, I all of these things. I'm just thinking. I spent so much time while I was watching this thinking that there were so many other properties in the 90s that were better than this, and yet this had eight movies. The variety of genres that Ernest inhabited and the breadth of his... The breadth of redneckiness. Of his of the, of the roles he, through his multiple personality dis, uh, disorder, he was allowed to, to act in, like, is still... Charming to me. Maybe not quite super impressive, but like, and especially for kids, there are certainly some problematic aspects to what Jim Varney did back then. But I don't know how to describe it. Ernest P. Worrell is a heartwarming character to me. And maybe kids are shaking your head. Superior <laughs> to what kids are getting don't, today. Don't devalue don't know. his experience. You're devaluing my lived experience. Was oh, I do a lot of devaluing Matt's lived experience on this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I don't. I don't want to say that Ernest P. Worrell is better than what kids are getting today. Like, I, I mean, I just compared I don't. to what the okay. Lego Movie. That's a good, those are good movies. Wait, which one? The Lego, Lego movie. movie was really oh, good. Oh, Lego Movie was kind of kick-ass. It was yeah. great. That was yeah. a it's great a child. Yeah. That was a great children's movie. So. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, kids have way better stuff to watch than Ernest. So anyway, in Ernest Scared Stupid, the next part is uh, there's a big Halloween dance at the at the school auditorium. Oh, yeah. Uh, Speaking of appropriation, (laughs) you had an issue with Kendra. You had an issue with this kid who's dressed in a big feather. 
And you know what? The sad, the saddest thing is that's actually, I mean, the kid is dressed as like a stereotypical, like Native American brave costume that you would see. Which is also a weirdly common thing in 90s movies. Oh, totally. I mean, we've now watched this, what, the third movie I think we've watched with the kid, dress, running yeah. around, kid running around. Really? As a, yeah, dressed. Yeah, we watched. For uh, other Halloween times? Uh, or in general, or in their everyday school life. Yeah. <laughs> did you see, did you see though in the Halloween costume pageant, the black girl dressed up in like leopard print with like a, like a crown of like claws on her head? Totally missed that. Gonna pray that it was a, <laughs> an, a, uh, like an homage to Eartha Kitt. Gonna yeah, just yeah, yeah. really pray. Go back and look for a screenshot because that's, that, that's the one that made it into my notes. Oh boy. I, yeah, no, but the kid dressed as the Native American wasn't even my biggest problem with this movie. Like, because we had avoided blackface already, I was kind of just like, well, I guess that's just coming now. And, and there's a Desmond Tutu reference. Oh God. Anyway, keep going. And no, yeah, and I mean, I was watching this also while sim- simultaneously watching all the articles stream in on Twitter about Chief Wahoo as we go into the World Series. So I was just kind of numb to it already. <laughs> mm. You were, yeah. I mean, you were in a good place to watch this movie under duress in a public <laughs> location with little sleep uh, is a good way to watch Ernest Scared Stupid. I just really think that in you, good faith, you'll bowl. Adam Sandler and Kevin James could team up to make a movie and it would come out better. That's actually, that's actually offensive to me. It's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I think this, I think Ernest goes to, if you put Ernest goes to Africa next to blended, I bet you, I bet you, I bet you I'd be able to watch blended more than uh, Ernest goes to Africa. No, you're just brainwashed by modern Hollywood. Nope. No, no, no. I guarantee to instill peace and calm throughout the land. (laughs) I mean, we need to let's. Can we rate this movie? Can we? Can we? Can we rate this movie, please? Wait, I am not done. Oh Jesus! Eartha Kitt, <laughs> in reference to the sculptures in her front yard, says, uh, "Ernest is there to throw them out." She says, uh, "Got no garbage here, only expressions of the soul," which was very funny. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to write down things that were good. Um, <laughs> Here's a good thing. She gets him out. He's stuck in a trash can. She has a big can opener that she tries to get him out of. Okay, with. here's That's what Mel that, Brooks level funny. That was like, yeah, like naked gun style. <laughs> yeah. Is Mel Brooks dead? Because I was about to say he's turning over in his grave right now. He's not dead. Okay. Well, then somewhere his like ear is itching or something. Um, I don't know if that's how. Yeah. Anyway. One good thing about this movie that I can say is that unlike Free Willy, it was not two hours long. A mere hour and a half. Yeah. I, I could not have sat through any more than an hour. Do you guys do this. like Rose and Thorn? Like, well, okay. I w- I just like to finish the plot. Oh before yeah. We, before right, we like wrap right. it up, because we're missing the last big component. It's a very simple movie. You're there to watch Ernest be funny with kids, so that kids are the access point for the young viewing audience. They build a treehouse on a troll tree. They wake up the troll. <laughs> it ca- starts capturing kids in the town. None of, none of the adults in typical fashion believe the kids because they're always wrong and they don't so get it. So frustrated. Why don't they just God. believe the kid? Mom, there's a troll. Like, and then, and then, uh, you know, they need five kids. The troll needs five kids to fully grow the sacks that <laughs> seed sacks, um, <laughs> that fall into the ground and then trolls come out of the ground. They're grown. Uh, and that is how trolls work and Ernest scared stupid. So at the very end, there's a costume pageant thing and the troll crashes it. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm really getting there. Uh, <laughs> no, go for it. And for like the eighth time, we see that the troll doesn't like dairy, like lactose. It's like doesn't like dairy products. 
linked to or Jim Varney's past advertising. Milk contract. Milk. Big milk. Uh, big, <laughs> He's working big for big milk. There. Uh, so that is what I'm trying to get at. There's a final showdown. The troll grows all of its brethren and it's there to like attack and the whole city's there and there's mayhem. But the kids have found out that, and I wrote this in bold, milk. <laughs> milk, milk is the thing that will ward off the evil, and that the trolls t- are 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 allergic to, and will die if they get if they touch milk. Great, that's the big thing. It was so it, the kids fill super soakers with milk, and and the kids come in to save the day at <clears throat> what for me was a real high point, which is uh, Kenny's dad. Kenny's one of the main gang of good kids. His dad is somehow caught with his handcuff to a car and he's being accosted by two sub trolls <laughs> and in like a great spout of physical humor one of the trolls takes the bullets <laughs> out of his gun and eats them and you're like oh man i'm so excited for the payoff here <laughs> and then another troll starts spanking him in the butt and that makes the bullets fire out of his mouth randomly like missing the dad to make some like really high stakes scenario for Kenny, the kid to come in and save his dad with his super soaker full of milk. I feel like I've lost 10 years off my life. (laughs) I feel like I've gained 10 years. I feel like this conversation has made me more fond of the movie than I was after (laughs) watching it. And I don't know if that's good or bad. The fact that the climax is kids rolling up on their bikes with super soakers full of milk. We can find that in so many 90s kids movies. That, that can't be true. That better. can't be okay, true. Okay, not super soakers filled with milk. Yes, but that's all can... I'm talking about. Don't even reference anything after that because I'm just saying you're not going to... That's a cool thing. I I liked the milk part. <laughs> 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 I like that, that milk... Milk's never played a more important role in a single film <laughs> than Ernest Scared Stupid. And they turn into quivering masses of viscous fluid. And again, and hammering to home roll the gun around thing. in it. Yeah. <laughs> you got me. Don't, don't interrupt me about my gunge. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. So that's it. They, they save the day. And uh, all, the, all the trolls get melted by the milk. Uh, Ernest didn't do shit. You didn't discover that. The no. kids save the day. No. Ernest just sort of caused all the problems. And that's just sort of that's what he does. Then, at least Medea would have taken a gun out of her purse and started shooting people. Is that right? Yeah. Hey, Ernest shoots <laughs> people with like his like homemade contraptions in the treehouse. Yeah, they Medea shoot dog bullets. food. Well, it sounds got, scary and not for kids. Ernest has ice in a cannon and, and pizzas, pizzas that they fling at on discus throwers. Medea has God and a gun. Those are the two scariest things in America. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Listen, then. Okay, the last shot is basically <laughs> Eartha Kit just sort of, it's the best. She just looks at the camera and just sort of like gives a pained half shrug <laughs> and like <laughs> looks yeah, at the I ground. And so, <laughs> like, is just like in her, because she's the best actor in the whole film. And she's just being the audience and it's just like, this is what we did. <laughs> I'm sorry. We did this movie and you saw it. And you, if you got to this point, this is how you should look and feel. <laughs> if you got to this point, <laughs> credits. please have a loved one dial 911. It's possible you're, you're suffering from alcohol poisoning. Yeah. Also, all the moms in the movie were nags. That felt uh, retrograde. Um, <laughs> and then you get that bumping soundtrack again coming in at the yeah. end. That Boom. cool hip hop, that cool hip hop horror Halloween ooky spooky music. I hate this film. 
Don't pull any punches, Kendra. <laughs> I hate it so much. Where I does your vi- where does this come from? What do you feel? Why? I just I. This is our scoring portion of the podcast, by the way. Yeah, sorry, uh, Josh is a newcomer. We probably should have explained this. To no, him. I got it. We try I got to. It when you said earlier that we're gonna, what are you gonna score the well, movie? Well, no, That's no. When so I figured we out do that two. Be a scoring portion. We do two of them. So we try to do it. Oh, at, what? Yeah. So it's on a scale of one to five, and we try to do it um, to rate it as you would have been in 1991. Okay. Whatever age you were, and then I was watching, one. and that you were one. No, don't. It's not relative to because he's like so millennial. Like we, we, we have to do just as a kid. Yeah. Just like ageist. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Just uh, when you were watching it as a kid, I just, I'm shocked that you were born in 1990. That is just, I, most kids are now. Oh my God. We're old. We're old. I'm a spring chicken. What do you guys want from me? (laughs) Okay. Anyway, anyway, (laughs) so we try to rate them as you would have liked it as a child. And then as you would have liked it now, um, I just found this movie to be offensively bad and it's like bad in a way. And I feel like I say this so often, but so many of the bad movies that we've watched have had these redeeming qualities to them where it's like, they're terrible and horrible. And we have watched some of the most transphobic, racist, misogynistic, offensive movies on this podcast. And we'll continue to do so. Uh, yeah. And we, cause it's not the nineties and there was no censor. We will just continue to watch all of those kind of movies. But this movie didn't have like there was no Rodney Dangerfield being just so unbelievably offensive that it made you want to keep watching to see how continually offensive it was going to get. Because at least like a movie like Ladybugs just ratcheted up how bad it was going to get just continually. Whereas this like this was just a shitty children's movie. So so okay, rated as an adult and rated as a child. As a child, I, uh, judging by like the shit that I would have been watching in 91, and I can, because in 91 I was three, Beauty and the Beast had just come out, which was my first movie in, th- yeah, Beauty and the Beast, yeah, was my first movie in theaters. That's what I was watching around that time. Good. I would not have been watching this movie. This, I, Would I don't, you have disliked it? I think. It's a tougher question than seems like it would be. Here's the thing. I. The movie that I liked that had giant creature-y type things in it was The Princess Bride. That was my sort of prosthetic monster-y movie. Okay. Judging... just those big rats. That's the only thing. Yeah, but I think that's the only movie of that kind that I watched, unless you count Jurassic Park, which just had good CGI dinosaurs. So I'm guessing that by my... The way I enjoyed The Princess Bride, there was no fairy tale in this there were no princes there was no music for me to attach to there was no aspect of fantasy like there wasn't there was no aspect of fantasy in this like I would not have liked this movie as a kid I I'm gonna say on a scale of one to five I probably would have given it like at most a 2.5 where one is really good one is the worst as a child, you would have given it a 2.5? I think a 2.5, yeah. And as an adult, you give it like a zero? <sighs> if I could if I could break <laughs> into the Library of Congress and burn the negatives on this movie, Dude, I would. You need to fucking chill. That's crazy. That's This is a good movie. All right. I've, I've watched Birth of a Nation, the original been, 1900s oh my God. <laughs> one. <No>. Kendra. <laughs> so many times. your head. And I would rather watch Birth of a Nation. I'm going to regret this, Kendra. <laughs> nope. I would rather watch Birth of a Nation again than ever watch another Ernest movie. It probably has more value. Yes. Josh. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's hear you. Oh, uh, boy. Um, 
I think as a kid, I would have been a little spooked. It would have been, it'd been a pretty spectacular experience. I remember getting pretty scared by watching Frankenstein, like the old the old one. Um, so yeah, maybe it may have been too intense for me as a young and I was a, little, a sensitive lad. Um, <laughs> so I, I'll give it a three in terms of my my viewing experience as a kid. Um, I don't know how I would have felt about the humor, but you know, it seems like general kid stuff, like slapsticky and like overall for the time pretty inoffensive at the end of the day um and there were some like smarter weirder jokes in there that i think i would have appreciated as an adult watching it by myself this afternoon (laughs) it was a pretty lackluster experience um so i would give it a solid two but i think it could be like a four and a half had i watched it with you guys um in the same room right maybe we need to for our first movie we watched it together and then immediately did it afterwards. Maybe we need to try that again. We can try that maybe for some anyway. Yeah. Uh what do you think, Matt? What are you where are you at? I mean, it's no secret. <laughs> I watched this movie as a child. I watched a couple other Ernest Five movies. Across did we I'm sorry, did we mention that Matt picked this movie? I chose this movie to watch. <laughs> I think most and people I think, would assume that. <laughs> okay. And I think some people are gonna be thankful that it happened. Um I give this movie for as a child, I give this movie a four. Uh, because I know I loved it. There's okay. just no way I'm not going to, I can't like change the past. Like I, <laughs> this movie was both scary and funny and on heavy rotation in my life when I was young, along with like, you know, Totoro and, uh, Labyrinth. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen Labyrinth and all these movies. Um, I was sort of disproportionately in love with anything, like anything that included, sort of, you know, practical creature effects Um, or cartoons. Um, As an adult, like, I I, I try really hard to fight the cynical nature of this whole endeavor, (laughs) which is a, yeah, kind of just unkind, aloof, critical eye where I, I absolutely see the shitty, like, you know, threadbare story structure that they went for and they just made something up and they're just making an earnest movie. And, you know, the fact that the troll dies, uh, that unconditional love in the heart of a child kills a tr- the main troll at the end. And that's what Ernest embodies is weird. <laughs> and they, and they don't, they don't really even tell you that that's important until the third, like the end of the third act. It's very nailed on for sure. Um, so it's a poorly done movie. It, I mean, they're, they're shot on very, very small budgets and whatever. Um, but as a, as an adult, I give this movie, like I give this movie like a, a, a 2.5, <laughs> but I'm leaning towards a three. <laughs> because I, I really do love Jim Varney and I can't divorce that from my experience. I think for me, sorry to cut in Kendra. No, yeah. The the context of like hearing about his like sort of salesman days and also like his history of speaking directly to the camera, uh, because that's something that happens in the movie a lot, is like yeah. you see these like him just like hamming it up directly to the camera multiple times, in sometimes a kind of more subtle officey kind of way, but mm-hmm. also in sometimes a very like weirdly lit like those larger than life moments, I think are a lot more easy to appreciate if you know the sort of larger yeah. There was a contextually, there was yeah. an awareness of him already. And it's not like Ladybugs, where I can't believe that you would compare 
your delight in him as an adult is very different from his appro- from Rodney Dangerfield's appropriateness for children in 2016 <laughs> for your children. I just, okay, here's the thing. I want us to remember as Matt talks about sort of, I understand what he's saying when he talks about divorcing himself from the cynical nature of this podcast. It is cynical for a bunch of 20-something millennials to go back and watch these 90s kids movies because of course we're going to see holes in them. Of course we're going to see they're imperfect. But I do want us to remember like as we go through that just because it's a kids movie doesn't mean it has to be bad and doesn't mean that it deserves to be bad. Like kids don't deserve movies like this one just because they're kids. Like we shouldn't, Hollywood shouldn't play down to a six or seven year old in this manner, like six and seven year olds can watch the Lego movie and enjoy a quality movie. I agree with that. Yeah. So I'm just saying like, we shouldn't just excuse movies like this or like try to not poke holes in them because no child deserves to be given this. But I wonder if like in the same way that adults appreciate like a trashy, like summer blockbuster, like if, you know, there are different markets for kids. Like you do have your, your my neighbor Totoro's of the world, which are like more like complex and very emotionally nuanced films, and then you just have your trashy fun romps where a bunch of trolls get dragged around by a car for a while. But yeah. I, when I think of trashy fun romp, I think of White House Down. Like that is a trashy fun romp done well. No I, one's gonna call that like a a masterpiece, but there is a way to do a trashy bad movie that is not Ernest Scared Stupid. I don't, I don't, I might, I just, you know, I like Ernest. I, I don't know, know what you I know. have to say. I know. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much <laughs> for getting through this extra long podcast with us. Thank you for putting up with my hatred. Thank if you. you guys like Slinky Dog from <laughs> Toy Stories 1 and 2, just look up Jim Varney. Just look him up. Read about his life. Watch some interviews with him. He's a taciturn Gentle soul. If you like slimy dog, then maybe Gunge is the fetish for you. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Gunge. If you don't want your kid to be into Gunge, maybe don't let them watch movies like this as a child. And don't try and program around your fear of what they might develop into a sexual fetish. <laughs> because you will fail to not make a fetish happen. And you think there's a kid wandering around with a whale fetish from like Free Willy? Well, I mean, whale's fetish makes me think of Job, which makes me think of Vor. <laughs> or not Job, uh, uh, Jonah. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. Pinocchio. Oh. Pegging. Well, <laughs> I'll see you guys later. But Wait, thank you, Josh, for being with us today. Josh, oh, yeah, it was yeah. a pleasure. It was truly my pleasure. And, you know, we'll, we'll we have hundreds of these, so <laughs> we might see you later. Yeah. All right. Great. Check us out. Bye. Bye. Bye.